Welcome, everybody, to the inaugural episode of the Fat Boys Live podcast episodes. Um, Brant and I coming at you, as always, uh, podcast still being hosted by the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. It's just going to be live on YouTube from now on. Just a subtle change, um, getting these, these uh, gorgeous, round, uh, hairy faces back in the public eye, as we had mentioned uh, on last week's podcast, for those of you that were um, tuned in uh, to that. So Brant and I had discussed what we were going to do with this week for the first episode. We've been going through, moving through our uh, incoming rookie breakdowns a little bit. Uh, and we thought for the first um, live podcast episode that we would do something a little different, change it up a little bit, something a little more fun potentially. Um, so we're going to go with some young players that we expect to break out, whether they're going into their second year, their third year, guys that are still young and, and still have a lot to prove. Um, so Brian, I know you were excited about this segment. What do you, what do you have to say for the people? Well, I'm just with this live. I'm, I'm actually excited that I went and got the haircut and cleaned up the beard a little bit. Didn't look all uh, homeless, like, uh, getting on here for the first live. Um, so I'm, I'm excited that we, we're giving it a shout out today and, and going to start doing these lives. Um, I'm excited for some of these rookies next year are not rookies, uh, some of these second-year players next year. As we, as we always see, we see the second-year players normally make their biggest jump for, in, in their sophomore season. You know, uh, Justin Jefferson made a huge jump. I know he was already great in his first rookie year, but he made a huge jump. Jamar Chase, all those guys that we seem to break out in, in their second year. So these are some guys, second or third year, these are some guys that we both are really looking forward to. Um, and I get to talk about uh, one of my favorite players right now, too, in this segment here, so I'm definitely excited to get into it. Um, if you have nothing to add, I'm going to jump straight into one of my favorite players let's, right here. Let's get after it. So one of my favorite ones that's going to break out is Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, he's running back for the Seattle Seahawks. He finished just or just uh, outside, uh, just inside the top 20 running backs on the year. He also missed two games and only played in over 80% of the snaps in all but two of those games that he did play in are under 80% of the snaps in all but two. So, um, He's a guy that's that's going to start seeing the ball even more next year. Um, Rashad Penny and Travis Homer are both out the door as free agents. I don't expect either one of those to come back. So as of right now, it should only be Walker and DJ Dallas. I will assume we're going to add somebody else um, because Homer was also, you know, one of our better bl blocking backs. Um, but I don't expect us to add anybody that's going to make a huge impact. I don't expect a Josh Jacobs or a Saquon Barkley or any of those guys to be coming into Seattle anytime soon, especially with young Kenneth Walker, how good he looked. Um, he finished with 228 carries, uh, 1,050 yards, and nine touchdowns. He also added 27 receptions. I expect his receptions to go up, and I expect his workload to go up. Like I said, he missed two games. He also sat behind Penny, and I think it was the first three games this year. So this is a run-first offense. Uh, Kenneth Walker is just a guy that, that that should feast and and should see 20 to 25 carries or, or touches. I shouldn't say carries. He should see 20, 25 touches every single game that he's on the field. Um, none of his injuries were too bad that that it should be, you know, season, season ending injuries. Uh, none of his injuries should be lingering ones. They were more of uh, a sports hernia, which, you know, you also see a couple of fat guys that may be walking down the street, grab one of those sports hernias, just the name. Uh, I don't think it's too serious. I know he did have a little bit of surgery for it, but he was right back there in, in week two of the season. Um, and then he got banged up. I think it was his quad. He got banged up a little bit. Um, 
But I don't expect that to be lingering throughout the offseason. I expect him to have a full offseason this year because he did miss some time with that sports hernia. So I'm excited to see the, the jump. I think Kenneth Walker, like I said, he finished just inside the top 20. This guy's easily, in my mind, a top 12 back next year um, as long as he can stay healthy. And like I said, I don't see anything that shows me that he can't stay healthy. Right. So, Brent, we are a, a dynasty podcast uh, in in our in our hearts of hearts. So where do you put him in your way too early rankings? Have you done that yet? Is he a top five dynasty back for you right now? Top 10? Where do you rank him? I got him at top. I, I, I'm going to put him at top seven. I, I still think, you know, you have to put JT. And I think you got to put Brees Hall and I'm putting Bajan, uh, Bajan Robinson up there right now until I see that landing spot. I'm putting some of those other guys that Najee is still uh, going to stay ahead of him because that's another offense that that's going to go through Najee. And I think that line's going to get an upgrade. Uh, so there's still there's still several names that I do still have in front of him. I got him top six or seven, though. He's he's right there because he's young. We've seen what he could do. A lot of people were questioning if he was going to be the uh, bell cow in Seattle, but he definitely did pick it up um, when Penny went down. So, I mean, like I said, you still have to put Taylor Hall, Najee. Uh, I think you still have to put CMC above him, um, especially with the workload he gets. Uh, so I, and, and what Josh Jacobs showed pending his landing spot, Josh Jacobs may have to creep up in front of him too. So there's several names. I'm going to put him top seven as of right now. Okay. Uh, I'm not necessarily as high as top seven, but I think he's still RB one. So I'd have him someplace in my top 12. Um, I imagine that's where he'll land when I, when I end up doing my, my rankings. Um, I imagine we'll put our rankings out somewhere after free agency is concluded and and probably the NFL drafts. So we know where these guys homes are. Uh, but I would imagine Kenneth Walker will be comfortably inside my top 12 RB one, uh, contender someplace. Um, the first guy I'm going to talk about here is actually a guy entering entering year three, uh, but I just absolutely love his offense. I love what where this team's headed, and I love what his possibilities are for uh, the future as well. Um, I have K.J. Osborne. He's going – in his two seasons with the Minnesota Vikings, he's had 100, uh, 110 receptions on 172 targets for uh, 1,305 yards and 12 total touchdowns. Now, the reason I'm so excited about him, Brant, isn't necessarily just because of how good he looked down the stretch and into the playoffs uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, but it's more more to do with, in my opinion, I think Adam Thielen starts to fall off a little bit. Um, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson have been a pretty, pretty solid one-two punch in that offense – um, for several several years now, and I think um, what you end up seeing, even back to the Stefan Diggs days, the Stefan Diggs Adam Thielen one two punch was great with Kirk Cousins, and I think, like I said, I think Adam Thielen is starting to fall out of that a little bit, uh, and I think KJ Osborne, who's twenty five years of age, going into his third season, he's proved um, to be a reliable target for Kirk Cousins. I think eventually, what you're going to start to see here is obviously Justin Jefferson is always going to be the alpha in that offense. Um, but you have to have a, a solid wide receiver, too, which is something we've kind of learned in the NFL is that if you have a solid wide receiver, too, your offense looks better. Obviously, like Cowboys are prime example when all they have is C.D. Lamb, the offense is kind of stagnant. Um, but anyway, I think K.J. Osborne slides comfortably into that Adam Thielen role. I think he surpasses him in targets this year. Um, and I honestly, I'm just really excited about, uh, anybody who's lining up in the number two opposite of Justin Jefferson, because of the amount of, uh, coverage those guys are going to take. 
you know, naturally you're going to start a game and the, and the they're going to play straight up. And then after like the, the second or third, you know, 20 yard reception for Justin Jefferson, those safeties are going to start cheating to that side of the field. And it's going to leave your number two guy getting a pretty decent one-on-one coverage. And I think KJ Osborne's a guy who can ultimately in, in the long run beat the, a lot of the, the uh, number two corners in the NFL. So this is a guy that I'm really excited about. Um, it's a guy that I think you can acquire later in um, whether it be in, in startup dynasty drafts or relatively cheap um in in a trade package i would imagine something like a third round rookie pick would get this done for kj osborne uh and honestly in this year's rookie class um i know you and i have only scratched the surface with this class but i'm not that intrigued by it to say that i'd rather have somebody that's going to be there in the third round of this class over a guy like kj osborne um so for me if if i have somebody in my league who's willing to give me kj osborne for a third round draft pick i probably do that all day and uh twice on sunday yeah, absolutely. KJ Osborne was a guy that um, I was excited for this season. I thought the Adam Thielen fall off was going to happen this year. So I actually was really looking forward to watching KJ Osborne and see how it went. I didn't go after him. Uh, but yeah, definitely this offseason, I see him as, as sliding into that two role, into that slot role. You still got Kirk Cousins there. You still got them wanting to throw the ball a lot. Justin Jefferson's going to be seeing double coverage, triple coverage all the time. So yeah, KJ Osborne's a guy that can really, you know, slide into your flex, slide into your wide receiver two spot, and probably put up good numbers all next year. Absolutely. Um, one of, so my next guy's also a wide receiver. He's for the New York Jets. And I don't know if anybody remembers who's been listening to us faithfully, uh, but this these uh these fat boys here called the Jets offense to the moon this year. And well, they produced one heck of a running game and they produced some good wide receivers this year. Um, and and Darnier made the playoffs. Um, this guy's Garrett Wilson. I expect Garrett Wilson. I know he had a top 30, uh, in scoring this year. I know he was, you know, one of the, the, the outstanding breakout wideouts for the rookies, but he was top 30 this year in scoring and he was top 10 and 38% of his games. Well, most of his games, he wasn't top 10 in was Zach Wilson. So an upgrade at quarterback, this guy is, this guy's, the sky's the limit for Garrett Wilson. As long as they get an upgrade in quarterback, which I expect they do. I mean, they bench get Zach Wilson how many times uh, this year? So I expect an upgrade to come. Thirty-seven of Garrett Wilson's, thirty-seven percent of Garrett Wilson's targets this year were registered as uncatchable targets. So that already is right there. How many targets did he see? And that's going to be so much more. He only registered eighty-seven receptions. He did go over eleven hundred yards. And he, but he only had four touchdowns. I expect Garrett Wilson to find the end zone a lot more. I expect him to see multiple, multiple more receptions and a lot better of um, catchable targets as long as they get an upgrade in a quarterback. So this guy, in my mind, top 10 wide out next year. Um, I'm going to put him into the top 12 as a dynasty wide out, and that's really hard to do. But I expect that offense to continue up their upward trend, and I expect Garrett Wilson to be one of those guys that is going to benefit from how well that trend is. Yeah, Brand, Garrett Wilson's a guy that I'm really excited about next year. Um, you know, honestly, the the rumors right now are, are, you know, the Green Bay Packers have decided they want they're, they think they want to move on from Aaron Rodgers. You've got the uh, Jets ownership coming out saying they're willing to give up whatever it takes to get Aaron Rodgers. Joe Namath is coming out saying he'll he'll gladly un, let the Jets unretire the number twelve so Aaron Rodgers can wear it. Um, it, it definitely seems like the writing's on the wall for some kind of a big move there. Um, and I do expect uh, the Jets to view themselves as a quarterback away. And I think they go make some kind of a move, whether it be for, you know, an Aaron Rodgers or, or maybe that doesn't pan out and they, they pivot to a Derek Carr or something. Somebody out there, whether any of these guys in this free or this free agent group or that are available for trades is going to be an upgrade over what they had for most of the season last year. 
granted we obviously did like you mentioned see some mike white um magic but you put in any quarterback that's somewhat competent with with garrett wilson and elijah moore and that running game behind Brees hall and, and michael carter and now bam knight um the, the offense is going to be really fun there and you and i may have been you know a little premature in our launch off last year uh but this this upcoming season if if there's an upgrade at quarterback for the you know the new york jets this could be the to the moon fantasy season um for all things uh new york Jets. so i'm definitely excited to see how that offseason plays out there uh, and as a Garrett Wilson owner in multiple dynasty leagues, I'm definitely very excited to see what plays out with quarterbacks. So I'm in complete agreement with you. I definitely see him as a top 12 wide receiver next year in, in dynasty and redraft for that matter. Absolutely. You get a quarterback in there that has, has decent accuracy and you see that 37 drop down to about 25%. You get a good one in there like Aaron Rodgers. You're probably talking 10% of his uncatchable passes being, you know, still uncatchable but that that offense is going to be fun if they add a good accuracy quarterback there and, and they're young still with Brees hall garrett wilson elijah moore all those guys are still there absolutely absolutely so i'm going to move on um to another guy who's going into his third year in the nfl but only played in one so far um so i feel like he still fits the mold and that's travis et on the running back of the jacksonville jaguars so in his lone season this year, he ran the ball 220 times for 1,125 yards, averaging 5.1 yards per carry for five touchdowns. Through the air, he had 45 targets, 35 receptions, 316 yards uh, to go along with those rushing numbers. Now, the problem with ETN is that he had five total touchdowns on the season. He also had five total fumbles uh, lost this year. So um this is a guy that i think um you know for a lot of us that own travis Etienne, even with the lack of touchdowns and even with the fumbles i think we saw um pretty good production this year maybe even more than we expected going into the season um Brian, i know you and i have both talked about it on live streams but we both acquired him in, in dynasty leagues this year um via trade and i think I, at least for myself i was pleasantly surprised with what i got from him this year um, that Jaguars offense seems to be on the uptick. So if you add a couple more touchdowns and take a couple away, a couple of these fumbles, um, this guy's easily a top 15 running back. Um, I do think next year you will see him more utilized as a pass catching back. Um, I, he, you know, he was known for that in his time at Clemson. He again had that rapport with Trevor Lawrence. Um, and as Trevor Lawrence continues to develop, which let's be honest, this was really Trevor Lawrence's rookie year in the NFL too. He, he was cheated out of that, that first year, uh, by he who must not be named. Um, but th this whole Jacksonville Jaguars team took a, a huge step forward under Doug Peterson. Um, and I expect that to continue. And I think the offense is going to be, you know, every year there's certain offenses you want to own a piece of, I could very well see Jacksonville being one of those offenses next year. Um, and again, I, I think as Trevor continues to take strides forward, Travis will do it right along with him because there's going to be more red zone opportunities uh, for both of these guys. So Travis Etienne is one that I think it would be pretty hard to acquire uh, Travis Etienne at this point. But with that being said, um, you know, this rookie class, I'm not as in love with it as a lot of other people are. And again, I've only surfaced, dove, in, dove into it at this point. There's still plenty of running backs I need to look at uh, and wide receivers for that matter. But I would still think I would rather have Travis Etienne uh, than most of the guys that you're going to get in this draft class after like the 104. Um, so I, I, I'm probably if I had the opportunity for Bajan, obviously I'm taking Bajan over Etienne um, or even uh, Jameer Gibbs at this point. I'm probably taking over Etienne. 
Um, but after that, really, based on landing spot with these wide receivers, it's going to be hard for me um, to not want to consider seeing what I could get for, you know, 104. Uh, and if ETN happens to be available for it, I could see myself flipping that. Um, but again, I just really think this offense takes another step forward. Uh, I, I think you see Travis Etienne um, take a, a step forward. I think right now, Brant, I have him outside of my wide receiver one, but he's an early wide, or sorry, outside of my running back ones, but he's an early running back two for me. I, I'd have him someplace in the top 16, I think, at this point. Um, again, it, you, you know, but for me, I, I'm also going to be moving some of the older guys down a little bit. Like, you know, Aaron Jones, I think I'm going to move down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'll, we'll really see where these guys fall. But right now, with the, off the top of my brain, I think this is, is ETN's going to be somewhere comfortably as a running back, too. Yeah, absolutely. I have I have him sitting there probably about top 15, top 16 also, uh, just off the top of my head. And these two running backs right here, I, I have I have in our um, our Logan League, our, our work league, uh, dynasty league and and i'm very comfortable with moving forward as the as kenneth walker and travis Etienne as my running backs one and two um i expect big breakout years for both of them next year um like you said i expect him to be utilized more in that passing game um we do know he's probably even after uh, we'll say a year and a half in the nfl for trevor lawrence because of the uh the uh shake up his rookie year i expect uh uh i still think Etienne is probably the most trusted guy on that offense for um Lawrence to to go to is is ETN so I expect a lot more usage out of him and I expect a lot more designed plays for him to get screens out of the backfield and everything um and like you said the lack of touchdowns this year that that can only go up so uh I I love at Travis ETN moving forward um okay. so my next guy my last guy I want to talk about today is a wide receiver that a lot of people had forgotten about and that's Jahan Dotson uh, the wa wide receiver out of the Washington Commanders. He played in 12 games. He only saw, and he only saw 61 targets, 35 receptions, 523 yards, but seven touchdowns. He was very, very trusted in the red zone. This is another guy. He's a he's a quarterback away, or or he's a quarterback away from being very, very relevant in the fantasy world. Um, he he, there was so much inconsistency in that quarterback with Carson Wentz and. and uh, Tyler Henneke, and then what was it? Sam Howell started the last week, I think it was. So there was so much inconsistency um, in that quarterback yet. In four of those 12 games, Dotson hung over 15 PPR points. He finished just outside of the top 50 in only 12 games this year with the inconsistency there in Washington. Um, I expect it to be a very solid wide receiver, too, um, in, in the going forward of, of Dynasty. Um, and, and I think he's going to be a guy that's forgot about in some startups and also in some, uh, in some, uh, redraft leagues. Cause everyone wants to focus on scary Terry and everything, but an upgrade at quarterback and Jahan Dotson becomes very, very relevant. And, uh, he's a guy that I've had stashed all year in, in multiple leagues. And I expect, uh, I expect a big jump for him. Uh, I could see him finishing inside. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put – I'm going to play it safe on this one. I could see him finishing inside the top 30 next year of wide receivers um, with just a little bit of a quarterback upgrade. So uh, I love Dotson coming into this class or into this year. Um, unfortunately, he didn't miss, you know, six games due to injury. But I expect a big, big boost for him next year. Yeah, I I honestly am one of the the, the people out there right now, Brent, that I I'm under the assumption that I think we'll see Sam Hell Howell under center to start the season next year. Um, I'm not sure you're going to see Washington throw huge huge money out at a quarterback or or really go aggressively to make a trade here. But Sam Howell, if you remember Week 18 against the da the Dallas Cowboys, who absolutely had something to play for in that game, um, Sam Howell looked really good at least 
for bits and pieces, maybe, you know, not every drive did he look like a competent NFL starter, but some of them he looked really impressive, uh, especially that first drive of the game. And, and if you remember right, uh, Sam Howell did lead those Washington commanders to a win over the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I, I do think that this is an, uh, is very similar situation to what I'm getting ready to talk about with the guy um, that I'm going to bring up here next is that uh, whether it be Sam Howell or they do bring in somebody else more time in the off season for that quarterback to get comfortable with his weapons, his, his play calling, his system, all the things, getting that little bit of confidence built up and established underneath of them. You could see that offense take off. And I, you know, honestly um, the amount of teams that we saw this year that had two uh, wide receivers in the, the top 30 range, top 36 range, um, it would not shock me to see the Washington commanders have that next year with um, Scary Terry and Jahan Dotson. And I, you know, um, what we saw out of Jahan Dotson this year, I, I absolutely see a, a path for him to even get higher than just top 36. Um, the, the touchdown equity is there. We just need to see the um, receptions go up, honestly, because in PPR formats, Touchdowns are great, but I want to see a guy get, you know, you know, at least 75 plus um, receptions next year because every point matters in these fantasy formats is what we're and what is what we're really realizing here, too. Um, and I know I, I'm kind of a little a little late to the revolution myself because I've always been one of those guys that, you know, whether it be in a, in a startup draft or rookie drafts or whatever, I try to hoard as many running backs as I can because elite running backs are so hard to come by. But it it definitely almost feels like. Um, you know, you got to have top 30 wide receivers to contend and, and not just one of them, multiple. Um, and, uh, you know, I know I've made some some pretty head, uh, strong, heavy trades this offseason to get rid of some of my top running backs um, to acquire some wide receiver depth, because it's just if you don't have a bunch of top 30 wide receivers, you're not you're not contending in, in leagues um, that have or that are PPR formats, in my opinion. So. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, Brian. I think Jahan Dotson's just a stronger quarterback play away, but we'll see whether that's Sam Howell or somebody else. He, uh, uh, just before you jump in, he hung, he hung 10 fantasy points with Sam Howell and only saw three receptions, uh, but had 72 yards in that, in that week 18 start, uh, with 76% of the snaps that he saw. So he already has shown some, you know, decent chemistry with him. Yep. And I, like I said, that is something that you'll see as a, as a full off with a full off season of Sam Howell potentially being the starter uh, only get better as well. So um, which is going to bring me to my last guy, another wide receiver, first wide receiver taken off the board in the NFL draft last season. Um, Drake London out of, of my Atlanta Falcons finished the season with 117 t- targets, 72 receptions, 866 yards, four touchdowns. Um, you know, Drake London, I think, had a, f- a fairly productive rookie rookie season. Obviously, nothing in comparison to Olave or Garrett Wilson. Um, I do still expect Drake London to ultimately be the best wide receiver out of this this class. Uh, and that's not just a homerism thing either. I, I think the tail of the tapes will show you what I'm talking about with, you know, his contested catchability. Um, he's got yard yard after catchability. Um, but he did have a Marcus Mariota problem for the first half of the season. Um, and I remember, Brant, you and I making jokes on on air at the beginning of the season of how little the, the Chicago Bears passed. Uh, and that shortly faded to how little the Atlanta Falcons passed the ball. Um, and, it, and it did make sense, some su- sense, with how successful the Atlanta Falcons were running the ball this year. Even when the team knew that they were going to run it, they were still able to get five, six yards of carry. Um, but... Uh, the last four weeks of the season, we saw Desmond Ritter come in and 
uh, Drake London's production jumped significantly. It was like something like 50 yards, uh, four receptions, 50 yards a game, and uh, 0.25 touchdowns with uh, Marcus Mariota, and it jumped to like six receptions for 74 yards and point like three, five touchdowns um, with Desmond Ritter. I do expect Desmond Ritter to be the, the starter for the Atlanta Falcons last year. And, you know, some things that I found that were very interesting um, about Drake London Brandt that I'm sure this is going to shock you to, to no end, but Drake London had uh, to finish the season. He had 29% of target share in Atlanta. Um, his average depth of target or a dot was 10.3 yards per target. And he was targeted on 27.5% of his routes. Now those don't sound like, you know, super jumping off the page numbers. Like Devonte Adams's numbers were significantly higher. Tyreek Hill's numbers were slightly higher, not significantly, but slightly. Um, but would you be shocked if I told you all three of those numbers, Drake London had a higher uh, number than Justin Jefferson? No, I would I wouldn't be shocked at all there in, in Atlanta. Um, so when, when you when you when you said you were gonna do this guy, I, I did a little look and in, in, in on him and, and you guys averaged 24 passing attempts per game. So that's obviously gonna have to go up. Uh, and then I believe, and I could be wrong, but I do believe that when I was looking at Garrett Wilson's uncatchable uh target rate, I believe the next one on that list, if not, it may have been one above or one under, was sitting there with Drake London. That's Absolutely. obviously going to go up with a little more accuracy and a little more work if with uh, Desmond Ritter. I'm a Ritter believer, so I hope that he is your starter next year. Um, uh, I, I believe in Ritter. I think he's a very good prospect to uh, be in the NFL. I don't think he'll be a superstar, but I think he's definitely very capable of being a great system quarterback in the NFL. So I expect Drake London to be a top I'm going to put him top 15 right now, but I expect that to easily change when we actually do our rankings and I look a little more into him. Yeah. You know, so I know a lot of people will be scared of Drake London because of, of target share and everything else changing with, with a healthy Kyle Pitts. And that's fair. Um, but I do expect this off off offense to pass closer to 35 times a game next year. If not, maybe just a little bit lower at 30. Um, you know, obviously, when when Mariota was under center, you were kind of limited with how many times you could pass the ball because he just wasn't very good at it, um, which that's no shade thrown at uh, Marcus Mariota. The Falcons had one of the least talented offenses uh, or least talented teams in the NFL, and they were still able to win quite a few games that nobody thought they should have. Um, so that's no no disrespect to Marcus Mariota. You know, as although I wasn't ex excited about him as the quarterback, I couldn't be mad at anything he did. Um, but I do think with a full season of Desmond Ritter next year, Kyle Pitts will be back to being relevant in fantasy. And I think Drake London will just continue to go. Now I want to get back to those numbers really quick because um, I, I brought up that that uh, Drake London's numbers were all higher uh, than that of uh, Justin Jefferson, which which really to me just means that there's potential. It doesn't mean that he's going to be the next Justin Jefferson <laughs> or better than. I'm not. I'm nowhere near saying anything like that. Um, but he did also have a higher target share and a higher a dot uh, than Amon Ross St. Brown, which is another guy that, you know, really broke out late his rookie season uh, and then, you know, continued to flourish uh, last year with Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. Um, so, I, again, I, in no way, shape or form am I saying Drake Lennon is better than those guys or should he be drafted higher than those guys or, you know, has more value than those guys at all. I'm just saying the the pavement is laid the foundation is there for Drake London to continue to go. And I do think at this point um, with those target share numbers and everything else, I do think he's a top 20 wide receiver to draft at this point. Um, 
there's there's too many guys in front of him I, I that I can't put move him above at this point. But you know we'll see crazy things that could happen, uh, and and I'll be honest, uh, you know there there's been no love lost between the two of you and I and and the quarterback that is Lamar Jackson. Um, there's a lot of rumors out there connect, connecting oh. him to Atlanta. I think I'll have to absolutely reevaluate my Drake London love if that happens, um, but we will see. Um, as of right now, I'm I'm doing all my things with the, the thought process that it's going to be Desmond Ritter, but we will see. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, Brant, these are six names that we've put out today that, um, you know, I, I'm I'm absolutely willing to acquire and ride with all six of these guys next year. Um, obviously, different ranges of value that you would have to pay to acquire these guys or different different rounds that you would be drafting these guys in. Uh, but I expect all, all of these guys to finish the season better, barring injury better than where they did this year. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a little hypothetical here um, with the two running backs. We both put out with uh, uh, Walker and ETN at, at just the little bit of research, the little bit of dive into these running backs coming into the rookie year. What rookies do you put over these two guys right now without knowing their landing spot? Uh, so in my mind right now, I'm Bajan Robinson's. It's not even a question. I could see the argument being made potentially for Bajan Robinson to be a top three dynasty pick as it sits now um, you put him in some place where he's going to be the absolute focal point of the offense and, and he could even go higher than just top three. Um, then you get into it. And for me, Jameer Gibbs is the only one that I would consider. Um, but again, if Jameer Gibbs goes someplace where he's not going to be the guy, then obviously that changes. But today, right now, without knowing his landing spot, just because of how much film I've watched on Jameer Gibbs, um, and knowing what I know about his pass catching ability, his, his pass blocking ability, things like that to keep him on the field. I do think that right now I would put him over Etienne and, and Walker. But again, he it, let's it, it, let's say he goes someplace where he's got a, an older, maybe Tennessee, maybe Jameer Gibbs is the future of Tennessee, but he's going to be behind Derrick Henry this year. Obviously, for a dynasty startup draft, I'm not taking him over a guy that I can play right now with Kenneth Walker or Etienne. Uh, but I do think that's about it. I think Zach Charbonnet, there's a chance – um, you know, he's, he's bigger than, uh, Brian Robinson with better skills uh, for everything, a running back, better speed, better hands. Uh, I think Zach Charbonnet could absolutely be a, uh, wrecking ball of a running back in the NFL, especially if he falls to the right spot. But right now for me, it's just Jameer Gibbs and, and Bajon Robinson that I'm willing to put over 18 and Walker out of this class. Yeah, it's about, that's about where I'm at. Um, I have been diving into Zach Charbonnet. You know, you know me and my infatuation with UCLA running backs, and it hasn't panned out very well. I think maybe I might get my chance this year. Uh, I've been watching a lot of film on him lately, and I, I think he's going to be um, a force uh, next year in the NFL as long as he lands in a spot, but I can't put him over those two. So, yeah, I think, I think those are the only two running backs that I would even consider. But John Robinson obviously is over both of them. Uh, Gibbs, I, Gibbs might be right there between the two of them in, in our, in our rankings, whenever we get down to doing that. So uh, I'm in about the same boat there. So, so as far as let's, let's play the same hypothetical with the wide receivers that we mentioned today, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, and Jahan Dotson. Is there any of the, any rookies in this class that with, without knowing landing spot that you're willing to put over uh, the three of those guys right now? Drake London, Garrett Wilson. I think I put over all the wide receivers in this class. Um, I just don't see one that, um, that has uh, str struck me. That's, that's going to be great. But then again, it took me a little bit to get on the Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson train during the off season. I had to watch a little bit more film then watch him in training camp. And I really jumped out to really liking him as for Jahan Dotson. I think you're going to see uh 
Quentin Johnson uh, go ahead of him. I uh, pit barring landing spot um, and uh, Jordan Addison. I, I definitely see above him. Um, and then uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigba. Um, I think both. Of, I think all three of those guys are, are, are ahead of Dotson. And there, there may be a few more names that I'm missing, but those three are are kind of, I think, right there ahead of him or right there in that same tier with Jahan Dotson right now without knowing landing spot. Now pending, like like we've said, pending landing spot, those names could end up changing a little bit. Yeah, you know, uh, for me, I, I am um, fairly similar to you, except for I would put Jahan Dotson slightly over Quentin Johnson at this point, just simply due to the fact that Quentin Johnson at this point in his career does not use his size to his advantage. Mm-hmm. He is six foot four. You know, uh, he's a healthy size guy and he's just uh, he catches the ball as if he was five foot, 10, 180 pounds. Um, everything's hitting him in the stomach, the chest, and he's you know securing it that way. He's not going up making contested catches. Um, so if that starts to happen, whether we see him go up and do that at, at combines or, or pro days or whatever, which obviously it's easy to look great there. Um, but, you know, maybe potentially he'd have to go to an amazing landing spot for me to hit, put him above Jahan Dotson. But Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison are, are both uh, up there right now ahead of Jahan Dotson for me. Um, but again, you see one of those guys go to the wrong spot and, and they're potentially out. Um, Zay Flowers is the only other one that I would potentially bring up as a guy that I could see over Jahan Dotson. Um, you know, my Atlanta Falcons coaching staff is is at the, the East-West Shrine Bowl where Zay Flowers is probably the best prospect. Uh, and everything I'm reading on Twitter um, coming out of, uh, of the East-West practices and everything else is that Zay Flowers is just a shining star, and a lot of people are starting to write him in as a first-round talent. Um, so, again, the right landing spot, and that guy moves up significantly. Very shifty, um, very good route tree. So we will definitely see. The NFL draft is going to be fun uh, to watch, as it always is. I know you're talking about going in person this year, Brant. Um so it'll definitely be interesting to see how, how the NFL draft plays out because a lot of these prospects for me um, really are landing spot dependent names at this point. I don't see anybody with the exception of, of Bajan and potentially Jameer Gibbs uh, that are I, I think are landing spot uh, proof at this point. So we'll definitely see how that plays out. Yeah, absolutely. This draft's going to be great. Um... Uh, fun to watch with Seattle having uh, a top five pick. It gets me even more excited. I know I shouldn't be because I know our history with it. We're going to trade out of it like we always do. Um, but uh, I'm excited. Yes, I am going. Uh, we are planning our trip to Kansas City. Me and me and my father and a couple other people are going to head down to Kansas City and uh, watch the draft live for the first time. Uh, so, yeah, this year is going to be extremely fun. And, and it's even better getting to see, you know, the fact that I actually get to look forward to going down there in person. Yeah, absolutely. NFL drafts are, are fun to watch on, on TV, let alone being amongst the, the crowd screaming and hooting and hollering your team's uh, up on the stage. So uh, definitely uh, going to be excited for you to go there. Um, maybe maybe we'll get you in, a, in the, your Fat Boys Dynasty shirt so uh, you, you can get some love for that, too, while you're down there. Um, so anyway, I, I, I want to say, uh, you know, definitely excited to be doing these live on the, the, the uh, Fantasy Holics. Uh, podcast network youtube channel um don't be afraid to jump on there with us we're going to try to do these every monday is is the game plan obviously uh some weeks that may change for schedules um you know sometimes we may be having to work or or have things going on that we aren't able to uh get it out at the same time every monday but the, the plan is mondays uh so if you're you're you know you're bored sitting at your desk at work or you're you know you're commuting whatever don't be, don't hesitate to join us live um you can submit comments to us on air you know obviously we're going to have our research done and, and things we want to talk about but we'll definitely save some time to, to address some comments at the end of these 
these live podcasts. So uh, definitely just a way for us to further connect with you guys on the off season, answer any questions you may or may not have for the two fat boys. So uh, definitely looking forward to doing this the rest of the off season. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to change this background up a little bit and get my uh, Super Bowl uh, Seahawks flag in here and maybe my 12th man flag hanging up in the background here. I'm going to have to change this up if uh, if this is going to be a uh, every Monday thing. Maybe um, maybe a Seahawks blitz mask or something so we can hide that ugly mug of yours too. Who knows? I could bring in the stuffed animal if you would like me to. I do have my blitz pillow, sir. There you go. There you go. Uh, well, I think that that about sums it up for us this week. Uh, again, first time on the page or the YouTube channel this this off season. So, uh, looking forward to that. And as always, stay hungry and stay fat, my friends.